0: Hello and welcome to episode four. In this episode, we will be discussing the monitoring of diabetes, including glycemic targets. So here's a common exam scenario. We have a 60-year-old patient with type two diabetes and an A1C of 7%. If you aim to reduce his A1C to 6%, which of the following is most likely? Reduced risk for heart attack, reduced risk for stroke, reduced all-cause mortality, or reduced risk of diabetic retinopathy? And the answer here is reduced risk of diabetic retinopathy. The answer for this question is derived from a series of very important clinical trials that formed the basis for the current recommendations of glycemic targets in patients with type 1 and type 2 diabetes. The first of these trials was published in 1993, which was the DCCT study that wanted to investigate how intensive diabetes control affected microvascular complications, particularly retinopathy, in patients with type 1 diabetes. So they set out to recruit about 1500 patients with type 1 diabetes, the average age of which was 26 years old, and they randomized them either to conventional therapy of an A1C approximately 9%, or intensive therapy with an average A1C of about 7%. And they followed them for six and a half years. And what they found is that the group with the conventional therapy, A1C of 9%, were five times more likely to develop diabetic retinopathy, two times more likely to develop albuminuria, and three times more likely to develop diabetic neuropathy. This, of course, came at the expense of hypoglycemia, which was more common in the intensive control arm. Now, this study was not able to establish any significant difference in all-cause mortality or macrovascular complications such as cardiovascular disease. In a more recent 20-year follow-up analysis of this study, they found that despite the A1C quickly becoming non-significantly different after the completion of the study... There was still a significant difference in microvascular disease complications 20 years after the completion of the study, which is showing a legacy effect, meaning that the improvement in the A1C for those six and a half years still had a tremendous impact 20 years later. Now the results of this study were very positive, and it encouraged other investigators to try to see the impact of intensive diabetes control, not only on microvascular complications, but also macrovascular complications in a higher risk population. So the UK PDS trial, which was published in 1998, and aimed to assess the benefit of intensive diabetes control, aiming for an A1c of 7, Versus 7.9% using either sulfonylurea with insulin or metformin on the risk of micro and macrovascular complications. And it recruited about 5,000 newly diagnosed patients with type 2 diabetes and they followed them for a total of about 10 years. The study did show a reduction in diabetic retinopathy, and it showed a trend towards reduced cardiovascular disease. But in the end, there was no statistically significant difference in macrovascular complications or mortality from any cause. This was slightly disappointing since there is no mortality benefit. However, upon completion of the study, 10 years later, a follow-up analysis showed that the group that was intensively controlled were less likely to die. The mortality rate in the insulin sulfonylurea group intensive control had a 13% less mortality, and the metformin group had 33% less mortality than the uh, conventional arm. And the predominant effect from this reduced mortality was from a reduction in cardiovascular risk. This was major news at the time. A legacy effect seen 10 years later that showed that there is a major difference in A1c on the risk of cardiovascular disease and cardiovascular death 10 years later. Amazing. Now scientists at the time got encouraged by this news and they had initiated two new studies to investigate not just normal control, but very intensive control. And these two studies were called ADVANCE and ACCORD. In the ADVANCE study, they aimed to uh, achieve an A1c of below 6.5%, while in ACCORD, they aimed to achieve an A1c of below 6%, compared with the Conventional treatment where patients achieved an A1C of 7.3% and 7.5% respectively. Each of these studies recruited a little over 10,000 patients. These were huge studies. The advanced study lasted five years and they did see a reduction in microvascular disease, just like the previous studies, but unfortunately, they did not see any improvement in macrovascular disease or all cause mortality. However, they did have a four times higher likelihood of hypoglycemic attacks. While in the ACCORD study, that study was stopped early at 3.7 years because they found an increased risk of death by about 30% and increased risk of severe hypoglycemia by about three times. So here the medical community had to take a step back and reconsider their excitement for reducing a1c progressively and this is how these major clinical trials had such a tremendous impact on the recommendations that we have today and you can only imagine what kind of results would they have had at the time if they had the sglt2s the glp1s the hybrid closed loop systems and continuous glucose monitors that allow us to target a lower A1c and improve diabetes control without having the risk of prolonged undetected hypoglycemia that is theoretically causing the cardiovascular disease mortality. Nonetheless, it is these studies that form the current basis for our current recommendations for glycemic management in patients with type 1 and type 2 diabetes. For example, the ADA standards of care in 2023 recommends the following glycemic targets. An A1c goal for most adults with diabetes below 7% as long as there is no significant hypoglycemia. While patients with a limited lifespan or frailty or those at high risk for hypoglycemia, an acceptable A1c goal would be below 8%. For finger stick readings Preprandial sugars between 80 and 130, and postprandial glucose less than 180, one to two hours after meals, is a acceptable target for most adults with type 1 or type 2 diabetes. While for continuous glucose monitor, which they do serve as a good surrogate for A1C, and has be, have been shown to directly correlate with the incidence of these diabetic complications we mentioned earlier. The target uh, on the CGM are easily visible on the ambulatory glucose profile, and they include a time and range of 70% or above, and a time above range below 25%, low blood glucose 55 to 70 milligram per deciliter below 4% of the time, and very low blood glucose below 55 milligram per deciliter below 1% of the time the glycemic variability target should be below 36% for most adult patients. Now for frail patients and those with limited life expectancy, attaining a goal of time and range above 50% and time below range of below 1% is also acceptable. What is considered a significant change in time and range would be 5%. And A change between 5 to 10 percent has been correlated with improvement in long term complications of type 2 diabetes. However, more long term studies are required. Now, in exam questions, when you're asked to comment about whether a patient is meeting glycemic targets based on his ambulatory glucose profile, based on the continuous glucose monitor reading, make sure you look at the dates and the percentage of the time that the CGM has been worn, because a common trick on the exam is to give you a CGM reading for a patient that has only worn his CGM for 24 hours, and that is not a sufficient time to comment on the patient's glycemic targets. Now, as of 2023, the Freestyle Libre website mentions a falsely elevated blood sugar readings in patients taking more than 500 milligrams of vitamin C, and falsely low readings in patients taking aspirin. And the Dexcom website mentions inaccurate readings in patients taking hydroxyurea or Tylenol higher than recommended doses of maximum one gram every six hours. While the ever since six-month subcutaneous monitor, has been shown to be affected by mannitol or tetracycline administration. In the next episode, we will be discussing inpatient glycemic targets for patients with type 1 and type 2 diabetes. Thank you for listening.